Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. Today's show is one that is very near and dear to my heart. Our guest today is Shelby Vizane. Shelby is the wife of six-time NFR bareback rider J.R. Vizane. On September 22, 2018, at a rodeo in Pasadena, Texas, the buck and horse J.R. was riding flipped over on him, breaking his back and paralyzing him from the waist down. Now, in the nearly five years since his accident, J.R. and Shelby have been a constant source of inspiration, not only for me, but countless other people both inside and outside of the rodeo community. Rather than being defined by one horrible day, their story is one of unwavering faith, positivity, and dedication to one another. To quote Shelby, she says, I hate what we've been through, but I love who it's made me. Now, this is the first time that she has told her full story in her own words, and I am just so thankful to her for her willingness to be open and vulnerable because I know that her story has the power to touch other people out there that may find themselves at a difficult place in life right now. All right, enough about me. Let's talk to Shelby. Shelby, I am so happy to have you here with us today. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm excited. Now, I want to go back to the very beginning of Shelby and JR. So you just tell us like how you met and where it goes from there. Yeah, these are the glory days. So I was going to school in Sheridan, Wyoming on the rodeo team, just living my best life. I'm sure JR was, he had been rodeoing. I think he'd made the finals, gosh, like three or four times before I'd met him. I was living with Zeke Thurston and Jane Thurston. Like Jane's my best friend to this day. And yeah, so we just met through some friends and one of the guys on the rodeo team was like, do you know him? I'm like, well, yeah, I've been talking to him. Obviously, I know him. <laughs> was he asking you that, like, he was kind of a celebrity yeah. because he'd already had the successful career? Yeah. So they were kind of like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're trying to make him a big deal. And I was like, I don't know about that. And they're like, he's made the he's made the finals three or four times. And I was like, no, I don't think he has. I'm like, what event are we talking about? <laughs> and then they were like, the bareback riding. And I'm like oh, maybe he has. I don't watch that. That's the <laughs> first event. And <laughs> growing up, obviously my family always had it on and I was like doing homework, whatever. I'm like, yell at me when the bareback riding's over. So never been a huge fan of the bareback riding. And gosh, I feel awful saying that, but I wasn't because <laughs> I, I just had never been around like, oh, good bareback ride sure i think if we're being honest here though like everybody that has gone to a considerable amount of rodeos grows up around it would whatnot 
we all have that event that is our least favorite. Like it's the bathroom break event. <laughs> yeah. Like we all have the event that like if we're gonna go get snacks or go to the bathroom, <laughs> it's that event. We just do. It's just the truth, right? It's your least favorite. So what you're saying is that bareback riding was your bathroom break yeah, event. Yeah. I was like and lo and behold. Get all the snacks and then I'll go watch the rodeo. Dang it, we missed the bareback riding. Shoot, maybe next time. It was funny though. JR I didn't know those facts about him because he, he always he deep down wanted to be a bull rider. He did all three events in college, bareback, salad barn, bear, uh, bull riding. And I don't know my older brother, Nevada, he rode bulls like very well. And so I know he was like thinking I was more of a bull riding girl, which maybe I gave off that vibe. I don't know. <laughs> but he was like always showing me the videos of him riding bulls. And I was like, nice, sweet. But he made the finals a few times and gosh like when I met him he's just so dang humble that was the thing like obviously I'd never been around somebody that had rodeoed professionally but I was like he's just another guy like so humble didn't talk about himself but it was funny he was humble but he was so confident like I was really attracted to that just being like a very confident person. I feel like I'm going to get whiplash nodding along to you because everything you just said, I identify with so much. Like that humble and confident combo is like the absolute most attractive qualities in a man when they possess them simultaneously. And that 100% is what drew me to Luke. And then like you saying, I think it wasn't just that and the way they carry themselves, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that I'm like, oh, I want to be like that because I'm so naturally neither of those things. That's not true. I guess I want to say I'm humble. I wouldn't say I'm not humble, but it's the confidence that I was so attracted to is just is wanting that. And so I'm like, teach me your ways. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how I was. I'd never met somebody like JR. I was like, gosh. So mind you, when we met, I was 20 and he was 22. So he wasn't that much older than me. So you guys are dating for a while now. He's kind of winning you over to the good qualities of bareback riding and bareback riders. You're slowly coming around. Then when things take us to the point where things got more serious and maybe you're thinking this is headed in a direction. Had you guys, were you guys dating for a while before it took that turn? Yeah, no, not even. And like looking back, I'm like, it was one of those blind like did I marry somebody that I barely knew because (laughs) we had dated for six months but again I'm full-time college student he's full-time rodeo guy and we start dating in oh goodness the fall of 2014 we're engaged in April 1st of 2015 I want to hear the engagement story yeah, so JR's rodeoing, he going to Fort Worth, all the San Antonio, Houston, and he's heading back up north. And I haven't seen him for three months, and I'm so excited to see him. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, I'm going to go to my family's uh, house first and see them. And I was like, oh, well, geez, like... Okay, try not to be crazy girlfriend or anything. But then I'm like, wait, I'm going to school only an hour and a half from your family. Why can't you come here first and then go over there? But no. So he makes a track home. And then he's kind of being like weird. He's just being a little 
distant and like on edge and JR's not like that and so I told my friends I'm like yeah I was like honestly I think we're gonna break up I just am (laughs) I don't know it's things are off and they're like he'll be here in two days just wait he's probably such a respectful man that he wants to do it in person I'm like you're right. I like that your friends are consoling you and they're like, no, he's a good guy. He'll wait until he sees you. He's not going to do it over the phone. <laughs> I need a man's man. That's okay. Right. I was like, sounds good. So we waited out and he shows up two days later, like him and his traveling partner. And his traveling partner is even being a little goofy, like not really talking to me. And I'm just like, yeah, definitely getting dumped. Dang it. And I was actually like that because... I really, I really liked the guy, but it was only six months, right? Like, we had been dating for two years, so I don't know. I, I just kind of was, like, nonchalant about it, and so I'm, like, preparing <laughs> for this, like, don't be, don't cry, don't be weird, just be like, thank you for this experience, we'll be fine. You're ready to part as friends. You're like, we're gonna, we'll just, we'll end it on good terms. He was a good guy, it didn't yes. work out, whatever, right? So it's only six months of my yeah, life, I'll move on. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how I was trying to, like, mentally prepare my, my mind for all this. And he's like, oh, how about you come over and, like, hang out with the family for a day or an evening, and I was like, sounds good, and I have people ask me, and they're like, didn't you have an idea because... A bunch of his family was there, and I was like, no, because he's very family-orientated. Like, his whole family, they do everything together. So, JR had bought a stagecoach, I think, the first year after the finals. His uncle has a bunch of driving teams. Gonna take this new team, and they just got new tires or something on the wagon. We're like, sounds good. So, we all get in the little the stagecoach, and, like, the sun's just setting. It's so pretty, and we go up on this road on top of this little mountain deal thing and we all get out and yeah then Jared asked me to marry him right there like got on his knees and it's funny because everybody knew how I would react like everybody knew that I would laugh and then say yes and I laughed (laughs) and then I was like yes oh my gosh so what did he say when you told him like thanks for the ring but I thought you were gonna break up with me he wasn't shocked and now being married for gosh, seven years. He's like, you overthink everything. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Probably shouldn't have thought so much into you not (laughs) wanting. He's like, I wasn't talking to you a bunch because, oh, this is why. Rewind. He didn't go see his family. He had driven 30 hours all night, whatever, to go ask my dad to marry me. So he drove through my town where I was going to college and then went and asked my dad and had come back. And he's like, I was trying to stay distant because I didn't want to say, oh, I seen your dog at your house. He's trying not to spill his own secret, doing like the most admirable thing, going to ask your dad. You think, this is great. I love, this is one of my favorite proposal stories to date. Oh, and then to top it all, it was on April Fool's. I'm like, do I get to keep this? Like, is this a joke? Like... (laughs) I'm like a typical JR. Like, why would you really? April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is that he gave you the ring the next day he breaks up with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I think we're all happy that didn't happen. So we fast forward a little bit. You guys get married. What is like the first year or two like for you as a married couple? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. Looking back, I just feel so blessed. I got to go with JR rodeoing and. Gosh, so many memories made on the rodeo trail. And not only that, but I got to see, like, 
it is not an easy task to make the finals. Not for somebody that has a horse trailer and horses, not for a bareback rider, not for a bull rider. Watching them rodeo, I was like, that's not for the weak hearted. I high school rodeoed, I college rodeoed, that's on the weekends. So for me to be able to like be a part of that and watch that and just see how much energy, time, blood, sweat, tears, like goes into that it was just a whole new level of respect for everybody that goes down the road like that because it was so fun but it was a whirlwind like fast 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 it's true and I think maybe there's a misconception that for people that have made the NFR before that it's somehow easier for them to make it again Especially when you have guys like JR, who's consistently been making the finals. He's always in that top 15. That it's easy to trick your brain into thinking that they have some special sauce that's getting them down the road (laughs) and making it easier. You kind of start expecting it when really it couldn't be, that couldn't be less true. It's like you end the, the finals on, you know, middle of December and January 1st, if not sooner, you're rodeoing again and you start at zero dollars and you have to do it all over again. You don't get any leg up. You're not getting preferential treatment. None of those things. It's really like a a grind. I agree 100%. And if anything else, it adds pressure. You're like, man, I was there last year. I I have a whole community. I have family of friends who are like, hey, we want to try to make the trip next year. So in your mind, there's pressure that comes with that. And yeah, we got married and we're so blessed and fortunate. We decided to, well, JR did, like, renovate the first original homestead house on my parents' place. So we're doing that in between rodeos and we bought a few cows. We had our horses. I was really very fortunate that my family helped out while I got to go with JR a little bit. <laughs> so you're, you're building your life together. Mm-hmm. You're starting the home life. You're building your own little herd, your yeah. house, those things. But you're getting to go with him and experience those day in, day out. It's like, what a honeymoon. <laughs> That's a, such a great way to do it. But I'm sure now for you, looking back on that first year, when you just got so many days and moments and memories together, that must feel really special to you now to have had that time. Oh, absolutely. We as a team always say it was such a God thing that I got to go because I just feel so fortunate. Like, we didn't have kids yet. You just got to be young. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. I was finishing up some online classes through my computer, and I just felt like a tourist. And he had the best group of traveling partners. And to see that brotherhood, like, gosh, that was so cool. You see it when you're at home, but then to be in the van or whatever and just see the love and the support they have for each other in the arena, out of the arena. It's such a bond. And it, it was just, it was really cool to see that and experience that. There's a feeling of being included or being part of something special, like even when you're just getting to witness it. Because what you're just saying about JR and his traveling partners, I feel like I've certainly experienced with Luke and the guys that he's rodeoed with because same type of deal. They go as a group, they're all going together. And it is a really unique and special bond. And when you get to see it, you know, even in that moment, how neat it is and your appreciation for it. Yeah, absolutely. And just to see all aspects of it, two of his child partners winning Houston and Santone, JR winning the shootout at Fort Worth that year, like just to see the highs and then, you know, JR not being able to get over 80 for a couple of rides and 
then his buddies just uplifting each other and it was really inspiring like man like i want to be like these guys like that guy is not winning but he's so dang happy for the next guy to be winning so to see that part of it and then just to see the rodeos like i don't think we talk about the rodeos enough like how dang cool they are pendleton houston san antonio all of them they all have something so unique about each one of them and our first two years of marriage not that i made a bucket list but you have those in your head you're like oh man i gotta go to pendleton i gotta see that i got to do that in our first two years of marriage from the big the bigger ones to even some of the smaller ones looking back i'm so thankful and i know it was a god thing because we made so many memories and we still we laugh about like the other day we were on the campfire and we were laughing about some rodeo memory you just have those and you'll have those forever yeah there's no replacing that there's nothing like it we'll fast forward a little bit and will you talk about that day when you got the call that jr had been hurt can you go back to that day and kind of just walk us through what that was like with you your feelings your emotions what was happening yeah, so it was September 22nd, 2018. I'd been with JR pretty much, you know, like we went to Pendleton and then we came home and then you're wrapping up the season. You're getting ready to like be home for a month and we were excited and JR, he was sitting 14th in the world and obviously the top 15 make it. So he's like, I gotta, I'm gonna hit this last weekend. It, it was one weekend of rodeos. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So he flew out. It's I, I too feel, sorry, yeah. I'm cutting you off. But I feel like that last week or weekend of rodeo, like you kind of let your guard down. Yeah. You feel like where they're at inside the top 15, outside of it, like it's kind of settled. You have those people on the bubble that like, oh, I, f- I should go to one or two more, right. like just secure my spot, feel safe. But I know for me personally, that was always the time that I felt like I could like sit down, mentally take a breath and just like, oh, you know, you're gonna have a month off, you know, the finals are coming off and you know, you're gonna have some time with them. And so you do just let your guard down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was at home. I was like just getting caught back up doing house stuff. And yeah, JR had flown out down to Texas to go to... I can't remember exactly which ones, but the, the last rodeo he was going to, then he was flying out the next morning to come back home was Pasadena. And um, it, it, it was just a normal day, but it's, it's weird. I remember every detail of that day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I was doing that day. It's just such a distinct day for me because my life changed that day. Yeah. Cowboy Channel wasn't a thing then. Not yet, anyways. In 2018. I'm sure different event wives did it too, but you planned out the timing of it all. So, like, if the radio starts at 7, he's probably going to ride at 7.30. He'll probably call me at 8, 8.30. You just time out your the time. We don't have calling service where, or we didn't, where we were living at the time. And I, I was connected to Wi-Fi or something, and my phone kept buzzing, and... It was one of JR's buddies, and he's like, Shelby, you need to call JR, JR's phone right now. He's been hurt really, really bad. My mind didn't, didn't go anywhere bad. My mind was like, right. JR puts on bareback riding schools. He's very safe. 
okay, like he probably has a broken arm, broken leg. It's okay, we're gonna get through this. And I called Jared's phone and he's like, I can't hear him. Like he's out of breath, like he's trying to talk. And finally all I hear was, I love you, babe. And that was it. And then they handed the phone over to the sports medicine guy. And that was really hard for me because I'm like, I have a billion questions. I'm 24 hours away. I'm like, what is going on? I'm sure your panic is rising at this point. Like now you're going from, okay, he's gotten hurt to what is going on? I don't have information. Exactly. And the sports medicine guy was like, hey, Shelby, the horse flipped over backwards on JR and he has no feeling from the waist down. We're assuming his back is broken, but... More importantly, we're more concentrated on when the bareback horse got up, she stepped directly on, like, on his chest, in the middle of his chest. So we're very concerned about internal bleeding, collapsed lung, that sort of stuff. And he's like, we have an eight-minute life flight to Houston, Texas. He said we'll try to keep you updated as best we can. And then, so, the other part of the story is, you know, I'm 20 days pregnant. Like, I had just found out I was pregnant. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot raise a child by myself. No, I, no, I can't do that. Yeah. So, we, yeah, so, <laughs> that was a long eight minutes. And I just remember, I, obviously, Jer and I, we had built our marriage on the foundation of faith. Yeah. And I've never felt like I've, like, relied on that more than anything in my life. Than you did in that moment. Yeah, because, you like, you feel so helpless. And you are, like, you're helpless. You're 24 hours away. And it was just a sudden, like, you can't control everything. Just, like, one of those moments. It was like, it's all you. God, like, I 100% give this to you. You have no other choice in that moment, right? That was, like, my main goal when I became a wife was just to be as supportive as I can be. And so then I was like, oh, my gosh, who's going to support him? He needs somebody there. And, oh, my gosh, we just had the best friends, Anthony Thomas and, like, Tanner and his traveling partners and then Richmond and Paige. They were, I think they were heading somewhere. And then they turned around and went and were with JR. Until you could be there. Yeah, like, we just had the best people that were with JR until I could get there and I know that was very important to both of us and so yeah so eight minutes wow that was the longest eight minutes of my life I honestly I was just like it was weird that they wanted to make it sound like he might not make it but I just started praying instantly and I was like lord I just want to be able to give that man a hug and talk to him. Honestly, I don't care about anything else. I just want to be able to talk to my husband. And gosh, it was, it was a long time till I could talk to him again because obviously they put him on pain meds and everything. Like you get off the phone with them. You're getting little bits of information coming into you. What are you doing? Are you immediately making plans to try and get down there with him? Yeah, so it's 8 o'clock at night and the closest airport to me is Billings, Montana, which is not big at all and so the next flight didn't go out till i think nine the next morning or Mm -hmm. maybe it was seven i can't remember but 
I was getting there at one in the afternoon, which seemed like a lifetime. Well, especially when what you just said is that the the thing you want most in the world is just to be by his side, no matter what is happening. Yeah, exactly. And so like on the flight the next morning and I cried the whole time. I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, every little thing just made me so upset. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be a long day. Yeah. I got down there and he went for emergency surgery the night after the accident, which was amazing because sometimes they have to wait a day or two just because the surgeons are booked up and everything. But Jared's break was bad. The surgeon said that he'd been doing this for 35 years and that was top five worst back surgery he's done. And it's really hard for me to think about because how it happened, it has happened to him before. Like that exact same thing. It had happens not often in bareback, but you see it. Like horses flip her backwards and his horse had hit the fence and kind of popped up and Like, I've seen his buddies have the same thing happen to him and walk away. And that happened to JR a few times prior to that. JR was just called to be something, and he's doing it now. But at the time, it's like, oh my gosh, like, no, that that doesn't happen. Like, that that shouldn't have happened. It's like your disbelief kind of takes over. So what was it like for you when you got to see him for the first time once you got to the hospital? Oh, gosh. It was so emotional. We just seriously cried for 10 minutes straight, both of us. I don't know. It was different. Two weeks prior to that, like, all we could talk about was, like, money, the final standings. And then, like, all that mattered was just each other and having a God to serve. That's all that mattered in our life in that moment. And we both were just like, man, none of that stuff matters. It does. I'm not trying to downgrade it, but in that moment, it was nothing compares to just having a love, having a love for Christ, having a love for each other, just being there. And right away, JR's like, Shelby, he said, we won't ask why this happened because this is God's, we're on a new journey now. We're going to do God's will for our life. Whatever he has planned for us, that's where we will go. We're not going to sit here and cry and ask why we had our moment. We're going to kick ass at therapy and we're going to roll on. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And it was really sad because he knew that I'm always his ride or die. And he always says that Shelby's ride or die no matter what. Like she's so committed to people. So he's like, are you up for this? And I'm like, yeah, and I did. I, I was with by his side every day, every step of the way. Yeah. Life had really come to surface. Whoa, we've been living a really fast life. And you're thinking back, like, was I grateful enough? Like, was I thankful enough? Yes, but when you go through something like that, really, no. Yeah. JR, all he wanted to do was brush his teeth. We get up and do that every morning and out the door we go because we did. We all do. We live a very fast life. Right. Well, I think it just speaks to how literally one minute your life is one way and in the next minute it's completely changed. And 
I think when something that that shakes your world like that, you have no choice but your entire perspective and the way you look at everything in your life, I'm sure really completely changes. And like you said, I'm hearing you say that it has a way of helping you to realize what is truly important and maybe looking at some of the things that we tend to put so much of our energy and focus on and how trivial those things really are is that they can be, you know, exciting and celebrated and rodeo's great and there are so many wonderful things about it. But when you can take a step back and look at it from a different perspective, just how unimportant things like winning a rodeo or making the finals truly are. And it can it makes you look at life, everything in life in a completely yeah. different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, gosh, even in those three or four days of just being in the ICU, like he was on a lot of pain meds and it was so lonely at night because he he's, you know, sleeping, kind of like going in and out from medication. And you really have time to think about your life and think about where my priorities are. Like, have I been putting rodeo and JR above God? Up until then, the NFR and the top 15, that was our life. Our, how much money each rodeo brought in, that was our life. That moment, we were like, we would love to just yeah. walk out of here and hug and go home. It just really changes everything. Yeah. So did you pretty immediately receive JR prognosis? Did they let you know sort of immediately when you got there? what's going on we always laugh about that because the surgeon and the surgery team they would come in at like 4 35 in the morning and we'd always miss them because jr's still on medication i'm still sleeping so they come in and they're like you guys good any questions you're like oh yeah no i'm sleeping <laughs> and then by the time you wake up you're like we have so many questions for the surgeon so it took us like four days and we like set our alarm yeah. we're like we are not missing this guy we, we just want to know how surgery went you know and so he comes in and he's an older guy and he's obviously been doing a long time and gosh like we had the best medical care and the best surgery so he comes in and Jared's like how bad was it and that's when he said I've been doing this for 35 years and that's top five one of the worst breaks I've had to do so what happened was when the horse flipped over backwards on JR she bounced off all four feet she was up in the air like with her front feet and her bottom feet were both in the air so when she came down it was just all of her body weight on JR so it broke his T T9 which is right, like right behind your belly button they fixed the bone they put a T8 to T12 they put in two rods eight screws like all the way down his back but where that bone had been, even if it's there for two minutes, it, the spinal cord's sensitive. You can have something be there for two minutes and or two seconds, and it, it can still injure the spinal cord. And it had, like, bruised. It didn't cut his spinal cord, which was good in the spinal cord world, but it, it obviously damaged yeah. his spinal cord. And then Jared's like, uh, okay, like... What does that mean? He's like, you have a slight to slim dance of ever walking again. That's what that means. And JR 
just put a big old smile on his face and he's like, I serve the highest doctor of them all. He's like, so that's all I need. And the guy was just like, wow, this guy's a different breed, which he is. (laughs) It just, everything I'm hearing you say, I think continuously speaks to the man that JR is, his resilience, his incredible faith and how he is truly living that faith. I think it's easy for a lot of people to speak these virtuous things about their faith and what that means, but his has truly been put to the test. And it sounds like even from day one, when this accident happened to him, he looked at it with those kind of eyes through a lens of faith and what he saw. And I'm sure there are difficult days because how could there not be? And everybody has them. It's perfectly normal. But for him to have that kind of strength and to find that through his faith, what I would imagine as a wife, you looking at your husband in those moments and just feeling so blessed that this is who God has put in your life for you to walk this path with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jr's always been a very faithful man from the day I met him, but just to see that grow and just to see he's never let his faith waver. Like there's miracles that happen in the Bible and he's like, I will get my miracle one day. And and if I don't, I'm still going to rejoice and be thankful and talk about Jesus. People ask him all the time. They're like, I, I don't know how you have the attitude you have, how you do what you do, how you keep running your ranch, how you keep riding horses, how you still have a wife and a son and you care for them just as any other man would. And Jared's like, I put all my faith in being a husband, being a dad, being a provider in the Lord. And it's like when you get married, you have this huge life-changing event. But I married JR for his soul. I married him for his yeah. his heart. I married him for how caring he is. Yeah. And those are things that cannot be taken away from a person when that's truly who they are. Um, I don't want to only focus on JR and his faith here because – For as much as he's shown, you also have showed up in the same way for him. Your unconditional support, just how you've loved him through this. And that to me as a wife and as a mom, I find so inspiring about you is that I think it's easy for the greater world or rodeo community to look at JR and and focus on him and his journey through this. But I really look to you and how you've handled it because I think that would be one of the most challenging things a person can go through. Your life was changed overnight. You're in your early 20s. You're newly pregnant, starting your family, and everything changes overnight. But the way that you have adapted and risen to the occasion, I guess for lack of a better term, but just really been your love for him and the way that you've supported him is such a testimony to your faith. Thanks, Lindsay. I appreciate that. What I really clung to when all of this happened is, like, love is patient and love is kind. And those are, I feel like I was patient, but I mean, this is a whole new level we're talking about. And just, it's easy to be supportive and cheering on JR when he's gone 90 in the bareback riding. It's a whole new level of being a supportive wife when they're trying to rewalk again, when he's trying to 
balance a ball, like, because he lost his ab muscles. Like, that's a whole new level of support. And JR gives me a lot of credit because, like, you said, like, it, it definitely has taken both of us to even get thus far. And we're not even, this is just the beginning. I've never felt like a caregiver to JR because he's so independent. But it was a whole new meaning to being a servant to the Lord. Like, just serving and helping. And Jared always just done stuff. Not that I was the queen, but I mean, I had it pretty easy. So then to really have to step up and do some things that I had never done before, it really has just built my character and really helped me become who I know God wants me to be. I know that you told me something along the lines of, I packed for a weekend when I left that day, I got the call and I stayed there for nine months. I mean, is that relatively accurate time-wise? Because you guys were in Texas. He went from the hospital, the surgeries, then to a rehab facility in Texas and you were just there. You didn't go back home again. Yeah, we went back home like a couple of weekends to visit, but like a day or two, like we were visiting. We were not living there. What was it like? for you guys being gone so long, him being in rehab. Was that a hard transition going from rehab back home? Yes, absolutely. JR had the best nurses and and I have a whole new level of respect for nurses. Like, first of all, they don't get paid enough. And second of all, they're just seriously the most amazing people on earth. Not only to JR, but like to me, they just were so supportive to me and were always, oh no, how are you and the baby doing? Like, they were just such amazing people and I'll never forget them. Like, I remember remember all their names, everything. So to have that and and always have, like you're saying, having that backup, like, hey, is this right? Like, is this the right medication? Of course, we have the most amazing family and the most amazing friends who helped us as we came home. But those nurses, like you're saying, they see it every day. Like, they just have a different kind of support. And so to come home, oh gosh, coming home was hard. I was really excited to come home because I was so homesick. Like, I missed my animals. I missed my family. I missed everything that that home is. And it was really hard for JR because... You know, the last time he was home, he was riding colds, like, getting the house worked on, like, just different things. So, we were both emotional coming home for different reasons. I was excited. And for JR, he'd already kind of, I think, came to terms with that. Like, this is going to be hard for me to be home because, you know... On my days off, I would go and you go and ride, you go do whatever. So to come home in a wheelchair and not know what the next thing was. But he did so good. He just started grinding. My parents set up like an at-home gym for him. And so we made the best of it. But it was weird. Like we kind of came home and we didn't know what to do. Well, I'm sure it's because you're in an environment where everything feels the same as it was in your lives pre-rec, but but the reality is that nothing about your lives now is the same. Yeah, absolutely. Feeling a little lost, maybe? 
yeah, definitely lost. And we really had to dig deep, like the mental side of the situation. He had to dig deep. And because now it was kind of on him. Like we had the gym set up, everything. But it's a struggle for him to even get out of bed, let alone get out of bed and, and work for something like walking or getting his ab muscles back or getting his back muscles back and so watching jr approach his rehab like that it was very inspiring to me because he has such a great mindset it sounds like just being dedicated to being great at whatever he does just this all-in mentality of being like he's always giving it 100% no no matter what stage of life he's been at. I'm sure I'm inspired to you listening to you talk about it. So I'm sure being there day in and day out watching it, it must be the exact same thing for you. Yeah, and like I'm, I, I watched Jaron and I'm like, wow, that's inspiring and I feel like a piece of crap right now <laughs> because like we don't even have the motivation to go to the gym. Yeah. However, it's a it's probably a scientific fact that we will see results in four to eight weeks if we work hard. Right. right. So Jared doesn't have any of those scientific facts and he still works so hard every day yeah. and he goes to the gym. And that's been one of the, probably one of the toughest things on his mind. He's like, I've never worked at anything harder in my life. Like, I didn't work at bareback riding this hard. I didn't work at anything this hard and see very minimal results. Right. And I was like, wow. In in life and in rodeo, it's the little wins that keep you going when things get hard, right? It's like you, it's those milestones. It's the next step. It's like feeling like you're gaining traction. And and I'm sure for him, it's, I don't want to assume how he feels, but I would think that it, when you feel like you're giving it literally everything you have for without those little wins to keep you going, I can't imagine the mental fortitude that takes to day after day stick with it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's what we always pray for. We always just pray for a little bit of hope, a little bit of like just a little bit of something to be like a spark or something. And God has delivered that, you know, just throughout rehab and therapy. Now JR has feeling and movement down to his hips and, you know, it started the belly button. I guess the part that amazes me is like when things are new and fresh, you're going to do it because you're like, you know, yeah. like when you get a new treadmill or a new bike, you're probably going to ride it more than in three years, right? Right. So it'll be five years this September since the wreck. And JR still works out every day. He still rides his horse every day. He's never let time be like, oh, well, it's been this long. I think I'm going to hang her up. And I really, I really admire that because it's not easy. And I see it in him. He has to self-motivate, and I'm, like, amazed. Yeah. Is there a point where, looking back in this the last five years of your life, what was the lowest point for you? What was the point for you that was the hardest? Oh, gosh. Looking back in therapy, I tried to remain very strong in JR's Rock and, and be there for him and not let my emotions show. If I ever needed a moment to cry, I was 
in the room by myself late at night. I, I just didn't want him to think that... I just wanted to try and stay strong for him. By the time we got had gotten back home, I was, I was getting ready to have our son, so it had been eight months. You know, JR wasn't a teen, like he was mentally strong. Like, we, we had our family so close, we had friends, like a really strong group for him. It wasn't just a one-day thing. I just hit my lowest of lows, but it was like after I had our son, it had been a few months after we had Riot, but my emotions just came pouring out, and I felt like everybody's like, oh, it's the pregnancy, oh, this, but deep down I knew it wasn't because it, it was so much more. It was so deep. Yeah. Do you feel like it's safe to say that it was when you slowed down enough for it to catch up to you. Everything that you'd experienced over the last year, you weren't in survival mode anymore. You maybe were around other people where you felt like you had a little support. It wasn't solely on your shoulders. And so you allowed yourself to feel everything that you'd been keeping at bay for his sake. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I kind of let my guard down and I would just find myself being like bitter and sad, like just random outbursts of anger and sadness and that's not who I am I'm a very joyful person so I was like what like why what is going on like why am I acting this way it finally slowed down and I finally was like I've never confronted what actually happened to us like what our life is now I put so much of my identity in JR rodeoing bareback I just felt so like lost like I'm a mom now you know what I mean and that sounds so silly because we had our ranch and our land and we had our cows and we had our horses but it was like I had put such an emphasis like of who I was in in that title and I feel like people do it with their jobs with like a lot of different things and so I finally felt like that that really caught up to me. I I feel like what you're saying is a feeling that so many people can identify with in that we tend to put our self-worth or our identity in things outside of us, in who we are, in being a mom, in in being this Mm. person's wife. In the rodeo world, it's, you know, you place your identity in things that aren't really who you are. And so the trouble with that lies in that when you lose those things or you are no longer those things or your Mm -hmm. kids grow up and move away and you felt like your identity was being a mom is then kind of not really knowing who you are maybe and feeling a little lost and I know at different times in my life I've felt that same way and it's really easy to get sucked into that and kind of not know who you are and I think it for me it kind of sucks on your sense of purpose right Mm -hmm. And trying to pull yourself out of that seems like it should be easy, but it's so difficult. Right. That's exactly where I was going with that because it's all like a big ball because when I was rode- or when I was in college, I called rodeo. So I, I had a lot of self-worth there. So when all this happened, like I hadn't roped in how long. And so I just started roping again. And I just went back to things that made me who I am and and just 
really I went back to the basics, like being the best wife I can, you know, like helping out on the ranch, like doing things that made me who I am. And right. and the, the main thing that I did for myself and really helped me was putting my worth in the most high God, like labeling myself with not just a wife or a mom or a rodeo wife or even a rodeo competitor, but like just knowing that I'm a daughter of the most high God and knowing that's a title that can never be taken from me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So in this five years now, I know through following your journey, a lot has changed and you guys have come along a long way. You've got your beautiful little boys. So cute. So what is life like for the Vizane family now? What are you guys doing to keep yourselves busy? Oh, we are so busy, Lindsay. So our main thing is JR, I guess it was a year ago in March, he'd always wanted to do like working cow horse, reining, that kind of stuff. Even before the wreck, when he was still rodeoing. After rodeo, that's what he wanted to do. So he did a podcast and he mentioned that this guy in Texas, he called JR up and said, why are you waiting to walk again? Get down here. Like, let's go. And they did. They were off and running. And JR purchased um, his dream horse, Holly, and this winter. And then in the spring, he entered his first cow horse show. And I was like, are you are you sure you're ready? But of course, JR is so confident. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was just so nervous. And we really hadn't had any of those feelings, you, you know, since the wreck. Because yeah. we'd just been living, getting by, trying to get things back to normal. So we're both excited. We go to the show and, oh my gosh, he just did so amazing. And it was very emotional because... Just watching him compete again, just seeing that fire in his eyes like he did riding bareback horses, it was exactly the same. Just a different setting. And it was really inspiring for me because, you know, you like, well, when this is done, or like, you can always take that and, and apply it to something else and find your passion for it. And yeah, that's what he did. What was it like for you as his wife? out there watching him compete for the first time again since since you since watching him ride bareback horses before but I was so nervous and like I wasn't nervous that he wouldn't do good I was just like going through what we've been through we're like oh well hopefully this doesn't happen or you you know what I mean but as soon as we went in the arena he killed it he did so good he ended up getting qualified for the world show in Fort Worth in October it was just so emotional and it wasn't even if he wouldn't have done good it was right. just that he'd been knocked down so hard and he got back up I, I would think that it probably feels like one of those wins we were just talking about the thing that keeps you going it's like such a major accomplishment that he's back he's doing what he loves he accomplished a dream he put it out there he said I've been working so hard I want to go show cow horse and then he made it happen and it's like the payoff for so much of his hard work is just getting to see him out there. And then, like you said, him going out there and crushing it is just like the cherry on top, I'm sure. And both of you getting to feel that reward of what the hard times, like maybe it feels like you're coming out the other side. Like the rainbow after the storm. Just seeing JR work so hard at that and like his riding change within seven months, like 
it didn't happen because he sat in the house and watched writing videos. Like he got up, got on his horse every day and worked so hard at that. And then just to, yeah, just to have that pay off. Like for him, I was just ecstatic. So I, I like I'm thinking that he has all of these like, oh my gosh, my stop was so good. My cow work was amazing. Right. So I go over there and I'm like, what was like, how was it? Like, tell me. Right. Like, I it just felt so good to be like normal again. Yeah. And I was like, I thought about that and then I went and watched the videos and you would not know that he didn't have use of his legs like in the yeah. videos like it was he was just him and his horse doing his thing That's and so awesome. it was it was just so special it was so cool to be a part of yeah I would be happy to sit here and talk to you all day long. <laughs> but like we said, you were so busy, which I can attest to because us trying to find a time between both of our schedules where you can sit down and talk was not an easy task, but I was determined to make it happen. But I wanted to ask you before I let you go, when they listen to what you guys have been through and how far you've come, what is the thing that you hope people will take away from it? Oh, goodness I'm just thankful that people would listen to me first <laughs> off but being grateful I mean like we say that a lot but be grateful for the smallest things instead of looking at things like I have to do this I have that like remember that you're able to like yeah. you can go for a walk you can go saddle your own horse you can put your own boots on some people don't have that yeah ability um but they still do it and they're thankful when yeah. jr rides his horse pretty much every day and he doesn't have to that man wants to he is so thankful every time he gets on that horse and that's really what i want our story to be about is that life is hard it'll knock you down but you have to get back up and keep rolling and like with the lord at the head of our life it hasn't been easy like we've gotten through and we've been blessed and jr always says this and i say it too because it's so good but always be careful what you're complaining about because somebody out there is praying for that exact thing yeah and that really hits me because i find myself complaining about this or that and then you're like somebody wishes they could have that problem right. oh Gosh, Shelby, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough words truly to thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. I know it's not something that you've done before. And so for you to be willing to open up, I it's just I'm incredibly grateful for you. And I can't tell you enough how much over the years watching you through example, not by words, has inspired me to look at life in a, an entire different way. And I just have no doubt that you will do exactly what you said. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, I I appreciate you so much because I've never like told my story and yeah, just getting me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you've had as much fun as I have listening to the heartwarming stories, adventures, mishaps, and life lessons from the arena and beyond. Now that you're officially a member of our Big Rodeo family, it would mean so much to us if you could take a moment to leave a rating and a written review. I'm passionate about putting these stories out into the world, and I love hearing your feedback. Knowing exactly what you want to hear more of or how an episode resonated with you 
helps us to continue to grow, and most importantly, share even more of our wild rodeo lives. Mm-hmm.